Hello, everyone. This is my concluding about my thoughts relating to sex. So let me finish with inner peace and world peace combined. I noticed that in the world of mainstream pornography, in terms of many of the companies, but not all the companies, that there is a verbal objectification of feet, verbal objectification of eyes, verbal objectification of armpits, verbal objectification of backs, verbal objectification of dorsums, verbal objectification of breasts, verbal objectification of buttocks, verbal objectification of noses, verbal objectification of hair, verbal objectification of navels, verbal objectification of belly buttons, verbal objectification of bellies, verbal objectification of stomachs, verbal objectification of hands, verbal objectification of legs, verbal objectification of lips, verbal objectification of mouth and mouths, verbal objectification of teeth, verbal objectification of facial cheeks, verbal objectification of chest, verbal objectification of pecs, verbal objectification of dimples. I've also noticed that in some, but not all, the mainstream porn companies that there is nonverbal objectification of feet, nonverbal objectification of eyes, nonverbal objectification of armpits, nonverbal objectification of backs, nonverbal objectification of dorsums, nonverbal objectification of breasts, Nonverbal objectification of buttocks, nonverbal objectification of noses, nonverbal objectification of hair, nonverbal objectification of navels, nonverbal objectification of belly buttons, nonverbal objectification of bellies, nonverbal objectification of stomachs, nonverbal objectification of hands, nonverbal objectification of legs. Nonverbal objectification of lips, nonverbal objectification of mouths, nonverbal objectification of teeth, nonverbal objectification of pecs, nonverbal objectification of chest, nonverbal objectification of facial cheeks, and nonverbal objectification of dimples.
to be even more honest with you. Because most people are inhospitable lovers. I'm talking about the ones who are sexually active. I can't participate in most circle jerks. Very few I I can and would. I can't participate in most daisy chains, but very few I can and would. I can't participate in most gangbangs, but very few I can and would. I can't participate in most reverse gangbangs, but very few I can and would. I can't participate in most threesomes in three ways, and menage a trois, but very few threesomes, very few three ways, very few menage a trois I can and would. I can't participate in most foursomes, four ways, menage a quartets, double penetration, spinturian, monogamous group sex, or same room sex, also known as soft swapping. But very few foursomes, very few four ways, very few Bernasha Quartres, very few double penetration, very few Spinturian, very few monogamous group sex, very few same room sex, and very few soft swapping I can and would. Most sex parties I can't participate in, but very few I can and would. Most swinger parties slash gatherings I can't participate in, but very few I can and would. Most orgies and most bunga bunga orgies I can't participate in, but very few orgies and very few bangabanga orgies I can and I would. something really quickly a reverse 
gangbang is sexual intercourse involving multiple women in which one man is the central focus. In my past, I've done that. I've done that with the wrong people. I was unhealed. I plan on doing that with the right people who heal themselves each and every day. Now, let me go on ahead and discuss even more what I've learned that is awful about a lot of the mainstream porn in the world. There is verbal objectification of penises and testicles. And there's nonverbal objectification of penises and testicles. There is verbal objectification of clitorises, vaginas, and vulvas and uteruses. And there's nonverbal objectification of vulvas, vaginas, clitorises, and uteruses as well. I've noticed that the sexual slang in that type of world is centered on the obliteration the human being in each area of life when it comes to themselves others even people offset and onset too they tend to sexualized slurs and derogatory language to make it erotic and sensual which is of barbarity to do there's nothing wrong with adult language but they tend to center it on superiority, male supremacy. And I've noticed that that world has female misogyny, um, trans misogyny, regards to how they talk, how they have sex, how they are when it comes to groupthink, herd mentality as individuals by themselves. The misogynoir, the transmisogynoir 
is what would make our, my ancestry feel profoundly shameful about. So, um, what I've learned about that kind of world is that world is never, um, so far, I've been trying to make all the holistic uh, changes needed to accommodate a person like myself. Meaning, they glorify verbal and nonverbal fetishization. And there's Their version of muscle worship, body worship, means that the male has a God complex over the women. And I then came to the conclusion that that's not what I wanted to ingest or digest metaphorically for myself. So, I really had to think long and very deeply about that world that I was exposed to virtually. And I come to the conclusion that most porn sets and most porn studios are not for me because they leave out my non-sexual intersectionality and my sexual intersectionality too. Most of them would not be making me, they would not be able to make me feel sexually welcomed, sexually affirmed, sexually embraced, sexually included, and sexually belonged at all. Do not sexually judge, and you will not be sexually judged. Do not sexually condemn, and you will not be sexually condemned. Sexually forgive, and you will be sexually forgiven. Sexually give, and it will be sexually given to you. 
a sexually good measure, sexually pressed down, sexually shaken together, and sexually running over will be sexually poured into your sexual lap. For with the sexual measure you use, it will be sexually measured to you. Can the sexually blind lead to sexually blind? Will they not both fall into a sexual pit? The sexual student is not above the sexual teacher. For everyone who is fully sexually trained will be like their sexual teacher. Why do you look at the sexual speck of sexual sawdust in someone else's sexual eye and pay no sexual attention to the sexual plank in your own sexual eye? How can you say to someone else, Hey, let me take the sexual speck out of your sexual eye. When you yourself fail to see the sexual plank in your own sexual eye, you sexual hypocrite. First take the sexual plank out of your sexual eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the sexual speck from someone else's sexual eye. No sexually good tree bear sexually bad fruit, nor does a sexually bad tree bear sexually good fruit. Each sexual tree is recognized by its own sexual fruit. People do not pick sexual figs from sexual thorn bushes or sexual grapes from sexual barriers. A sexually good person brings sexually good things out of the sexually good stored up in their sexual heart. And an evil monster, sexually speaking, brings sexually evil things out of the sexual evil stored up in their sexual heart. For the sexual mouth speaks what the sexual heart is full of. Our sexual speech and our sexual actions reveal our true underlying sexual beliefs, sexual attitudes, and sexual motivations. The sexually good impressions we try to sexually make cannot last if we are being sexually deceptive. What is in your sexual heart will come out in your sexual speech and sexual behavior. No one sexually lights a sexual lamp and puts it in a sexual place where it will be sexually hidden or under a sexual bowl. Instead, they put it on its sexual stand so that those who come in may see the sexual light. Your sexual eye is the sexual lamp of your sexual body. When your sexual eyes are sexually healthy, your your sexually whole body also is full of sexual light. But when they're sexually unhealthy, your sexual body also is full of sexual darkness. See to it then that the sexual light within you is not sexual darkness. Therefore, if your sexually whole body is full of sexual light and no part of it sexually dark, it'll be just as full of sexual light as when a sexual lamp shines its sexual light on you.
I am describing sexual leadership from a new sexual perspective. Instead of sexually using people, we are to sexually serve them. A real sexual leader has a sexual servant's heart. Sexual servant leaders appreciate others' sexual worth and realize that they're not above any sexual job. If you see something sexual that needs to be done, no way to be sexually axed in the confines of cheerful consent. Take these sexual initiatives and do it like a sexually faithful servant. It's okay to make healthy sexual sacrifices and to have healthy sexual surrender too. What I also started to figure out getting back to the porn films and porn studios I was telling y'all about. Um, I have learned for myself that they are built upon sexual, racial injustices, sexual, economic injustices, sexual, environmental injustices, uh, sexual injustices, uh, sexual reproductive injustices, sexual, social injustices, sexual, cultural injustices, um, sexual gender and sexual diversity injustices as well. This is what I have learned about sex. Therefore, I tell you, do not sexually worry about your sexual life, what you will sexually eat, metaphorically speaking, or about your sexual body, metaphorically speaking, what you will sexually wear, metaphorically speaking, for sexual life is more than sexual food, and the sexual body more than sexual clothes. Consider the sexual ravens. They do not sexually sow or sexually reap. They have no sexual storeroom or sexual barn, Yet they are wholesomely sexually fed. And how much more sexually valuable you are than sexual birds. Who of you, by sexually worrying, can add a single sexual hour to your sexual life? Since you cannot do this very little sexual thing, why do you sexually worry about the sexual rest? Consider how the sexual wildflowers grow. They do not sexually labor or sexually spin. Yet I tell you, not even many people in society with all their sexual splendor 
are dressed sexually speaking like one of these. But that is how you are sexually clothed as the sexual grass of the sexual field, which is sexually here today and sexually tomorrow is thrown into the sexual fire. How much more will you be sexually clothed, you of little sexual convictions? And do not set your sexual heart in what you will sexually eat or sexually drink. Do not sexually worry about it. For the sexually sick world we live in runs after all such sexual things. And you and I know sexually that you sexually need them. But seek and tap into the sexual royalty of you. And these sexual things will be given to you sexually speaking as well. Do not be sexually afraid. As the sexual shepherd talking to the sexual sheep of sexual brilliance for it is very pleasing for the sexual shepherd to communicate the fact and the truth of their sheep being sexual royalty. For where your sexual treasures, their sexual heart would be also. Sell your sexual possessions and give to the sexual poor. Provide sexual purses for yourselves that will not sexually wear out. A sexual treasure and sexual blissfulness that will never sexually fail. Where no sexual thief comes near and no sexual moth destroys. All of this is in the confines of sexual compassionate love, sexual unconditional love, sexual sacrificial love, sexual companionate love, and sexual neighborly love. As I have been thinking more about the concept of sex, 
I have learned these other sexual things. This is the attitude that is prevailing in a lot of mainstream porn companies. Those clinging to this sexually unfulfilling life are those sexually seeking to escape sexual, physical, common ground with others. Those who sexually live for themselves display these common sexual attitudes. Number one, sexual materialism. I sexually want it and sexually work hard to get it. All that I sexually see is sexually real. Sexually unseen things are merely sexual ideas and sexual dreams. Sexual individualism. I sexually work hard for me and you sexually work hard for you. I may sexually make it, you may sexually not. That's your sexual problem, not sexually mine. Three, sexual skepticism. Anything sexually I'm not sexually convinced about can't be sexually important. Everything sexually important to sexually know, I can sexually figure out. Those who have these sexual attitudes may warply sexually protect themselves, but they will lose the healthy sexual dimension to their lives. They don't keep their sexual commitments in the realm of sexual inner beauty at full sexual strength. They're never truly sexually prepared. They're always sexually caught off guard In the mainstream porn world, I see a lot of you sexually get yours, I sexually get mine. Every sexual person for themselves. I sexually get you before you sexually get me. You are on your sexual own. Sexual survival of the fittest is a wild sexual jungle out here in the sexual wilderness. I sexually get yours and I sexually get mine. Those who cast themselves on sexual wholeness, submitting their wills, sexually speaking, and all that they sexually are to sexual wholeness, will be sexually broken by sexual wholeness of sexual arrogance, sexual hard-heartedness, and sexual self-centeredness. It is not a sexually pleasant process but an absolutely necessary sexual one. Metaphorically, the words sexually broken conjure up uniformly negative sexual images. 
sexually broken bones, sexually broken hearts, broken sexual toys. You don't want something sexually or someone sexually valued to be sexually broken. Conversely, in the dictionary of sexual wholeness, sexual brokenness is not only sexually good, but also sexually essential. Sexual wholeness uses only people whose sexual hearts, sexual relations, sexual pride have been broken. There's a double sexual warning. Those who stumble over that sexual stone, in this case sexual wholeness, will be sexually broken to pieces, but it will sexually crush anyone it falls on. Now you understand your choices of, in quotation, sexual brokennesses. These metaphors that I'm using work for the people that it's intended to to be health, healthy and 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 helpful to. I have a sexually difficult decision to make. I don't discount the effects of sexual peer pressure. I realized beforehand that the sexually right decisions could have unpleasant sexual consequences. Sexual social rejection, sexual career derailment, and sexual public ridicule. I think of myself and I resolve to sexually stand up for what is sexually right, no matter what other people sexually pressure me to do. I know it is sexually right, and I do decide to do it sexually speaking. I do not see people as sexual political threats. I see them as sexually fully human beings with sexual rights and sexual dignity. I live a life of healthy sexual compromises, strictly and only. Because I choose to be sexual quality over sexual quantity, I embrace healthy sexual suffering. Um, and the loss of healthy sexual material things. I don't see people as sexual opponents, as sexual problems to be sexually solved. I see people as, as sexual homo sapiens to be sexually respected.
Don't approach sexual life expecting sexually high positions, sexual honors, and sexual privileges. Look instead for sexual ways to sexually help others. And always remember it is okay to be a sexual team player. There's no sexual I in sexual team. You cannot be a sexual ball hog. You have to win sexual championships together. You have to engage in sexual practice. To stay sexually fit in tip-top sexual shape. And you have to practice sexual self-care as well. So... What I'm going to say for the rest of episodes, this episode is this. I do understand that when it comes to sex, the subject in and of itself, um, For me to be uh, sexually healthy and sexually whole, um, because of my chosen family situation and um, the families that I work with, um, I know in my heart that that I those are my other reasons for my being of of extraordinary sexual selectiveness because now that I have a family and now that I also work with other families too in terms of empowerment for least disease not just autism my sexual decisions also impact other families my chosen family too so me getting to know my um, trust family, all the other families, I had to be mindful of the fact that um, that 
that I cannot be a bad sexual role model. You know, when it comes to sex for myself, I've learned. And I said it before. There's a diverse, there's a sexual diversification of the sexual who, the sexual what, the sexual when, the sexual where, the sexual why, the sexual which, and the sexual how. Those what I call the seven sexual journalistic questions of sex. And I say it's diversified because I'm talking to monogamous people, non-monogamous people casual people and committed people. So, I dare say that everything said, everything sexually said, sexually done, sexually thought, sexually felt uh, has to be um, completely sexually specified and completely sexually uh, exuberantly agreed upon before the sex, during the sex, and after the sex. So it is okay to gain uh, sexual um, clearness because um, Because sex can be confusing at times. Things are said, thought, felt, and done, but you don't fully understand why and what was the origination and the sourcing of all the above. And I don't like sexual vagueness. I love special. I love sexual particularities and sexual specificities. And I love sexually specified questions, sexually specified comments, sexually specified compliments, sexually specified social cues, sexually specified nonverbal body language, sexually specified um, verbal communication. I hate when, you know, it's just... I hate sexually vague questions, sexually vague comments, sexually vague compliments, sexually vague social cues, sexually vague nonverbal communication, and sexually vague verbal communication. It's it's annoying to me. So it's like, and I hate sexually vague commands, sexually vague demands, and sexually vague suggestions. I love sexually specified demands, sexually specified commands, sexually specified suggestions so if you want and need your sexual needs and sexual wants all appropriate have to be uh, rational right then specify how often which which acts which positions that they're to be done or not done do more of sexually do less of sexually and uh you know, I, um, 
at this point I really learned that um, the only way I could ever do porn is if I'm self-employed and um, I only been contracted you're probably wondering why you're beating yourself here's a new reason so you won't feel like this is unnecessary redundancy because the way I would do it it would not put a sexual stain on my legacy if anything it would be empowering the least of these sexually speaking to understand that the oppressions of life does not rob you of being sexually well-balanced, sexually well-rounded, sexually well-adjusted, sexually well-unified. Also, I can can live life on sexual terms that way. Because when you work for or work with a porn company, you have to do it as often as they want you to do it. But if it's completely you, you get to do it as often as you want to do it. I know that I would I wouldn't mind doing porn sexually sporadically, but if I work with a company, it would pretty much be full time. Um because they would like what they see and want me there all the time. And uh that's why I know in my heart if I work with porn companies. My chosen family and other families wouldn't be necessarily happy because it would all, you know, being full-time would cut into the advocacy, activism work where we, we do for people in need, right? But if I do it as often as I would like, it never interferes with family time, friend time, or just colleagues in the, you know servant leadership world that I know for certain um honestly if other companies wanted to work with me talking about the triple X ones they'll have to be okay with my being sexually sporadic if not we can't work together because I have other things to do with my family my friends my colleagues they take up the majority of my time, including the the fans and the followers. I'm not a cult leader. I don't have a God complex. But um, I have the global public to deal with in terms of being a humanitarian. I'm a non-sexual humanitarian, a sexual humanitarian, too. I value non-sexual philanthropy and sexual philanthropy. I value non-sexual charitableness and sexual charitableness. So, because of how I carry myself as a person, being sexually sporadic, even on any any adult film or any sex scene in a normal television show or normal um, movie, would have to be less than a dime a dozen, less than slim to none, you know? And uh, 
for me, I would feel um, in my heart. That's actually for me. Um, this is the last statement I make on sex, and I'll conclude. Um, overall, I no longer feel like my sexual decisions are a burden to my grandma. I know in my heart I'm not sexually burdensome, I'm not sexually worrisome, I'm not sexually troublesome, I'm not sexually bothersome, I'm not sexually irksome. And I'm not And I'm not sexually unwholesome either. So as I close, I say that... um, I'm a healthy sexual protagonist because I'm a healthy sexual superhero. And why are those things true for me? Because... Like I said, I barely masturbate, I barely have sex, I barely date. I have sex for all the right reasons. I masturbate for all the right reasons. I date for all the right reasons. I do ethical porn every now and then, in terms of viewing. I do ethical erotic every now and then, in terms of viewing too. Every now and then is maybe a month every two months, maybe every other three to four months, something like that. I barely do uh, erotica and I barely do porn, you know, in terms of viewership on both. So that's what actually works for me. My sex dreams, my wet dreams, my nocturnal emissions, my sex fantasies are all healthy and done for all the right reasons. I just leave the mainstream porn memories out. I leave the memories of the rape culture I grew up in out. And I leave the organized crime memories, sexually speaking, that I was supposed to out. Uh, 
I'm a sensitive lover to myself. That's why I'm a sensitive lover to my sensitive lovers. And this is the closing one I'll say. I have healthy sex with myself. That's why I have healthy sex with those I'm supposed to have healthy sex with. And as for all the 25 types of adult sex work between adults only, um, I wouldn't be able to do any of them with most of the sex workers in that world. Very few adults in each of the 25 types of adult sex work would I be able to do all those things with um, internally safely and externally safely with. Now, I'm concluding the sex part of my life. And I'm taking a two-month break from talking about sex, which starts now.